and joking too Sipping and roasting is what we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all sounds like a party welcome ladies and gentlemen to this fine radio program podcast and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, as the world famous smoking and toasting show number 302 and ooh, very spooky it's our halloween show yeah <laughs> so i promise not to make any of those really really bad halloween puns sorry to disappoint but we will be doing a pumpkin beer blind taste test you're today. promising that but i'm so, not Oh, did not do any bad Halloween puns? Yeah, I'm not promising All that. right, well, don't, you don't want me to start with holding the pumpkin beer, do you? <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you this. How are you on pumpkin beer? Is this a thing that you look <clears throat> forward to? Do you tolerate it? Do you like it but get tired of it quickly? Like, Where do you come in on the pumpkin so beer So pumpkin beers uh, I like as a seasonal. It's not something yeah. I want to have all the time. Pumpkins, because right. uh, a lot of them are a little bit much, but... With that said, um, there are some that are really done well. So uh, mm-hmm. Shipyard is one that we've tried before, and I yeah. usually pick up Shipyard. And it won't be on our taste test today. I That's left it out the one on purpose. When you when you drink it, it tastes a lot like the crust. Yeah, like It's right. so good. It's you really nice. It, but again, pie. it's something that a lot of times when I have a pumpkin beer, I'm going to split that with somebody. Right. It's, you're it's doing it more for the taste. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll be doing a lot for the taste today as we get into, uh, there'll be, I believe, seven different uh, pumpkin beers we'll be trying today. Mm. And we'll be trying to blind, and we'll talk about what we like and what we don't like. It's not so much about, a lot of times when we do the blind taste test, we rank each uh, each segment. Like if we do three or four, we'll go, here's the best ones. Um, so so we're going to do a blind taste test of pumpkin, beer, pumpkin beers. That's kind of like a... Wandering around the pumpkin patch at night. Yeah, waiting for the great pumpkin to arrive. Uh-huh, uh-huh. One of the greatest like ho- holiday specials it's the ever. Great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. One of the greatest holiday specials ever. And you always wonder where Linus came up with the whole great pumpkin story. It's like because because it's never been like a part of folklore or anything. But then these days there's so many conspiracy theories about everything. The great pumpkin seems tame by comparison (laughs) you know (laughs) probably something with the government probably was probably was the deep state the great pumpkin (laughs) is a member of the deep state uh well welcome ladies and gentlemen to this program we are on the 302nd episode of smoking and toasting all about craft beer fine spirits and hand rolled cigars uh we want to say thanks to our guest last week who not only was uh a guy that brought amazing wines, but he was really fun to hang out with, oh, as absolutely. he always is, so Mr. Mark Burrell, our uh, smoking and toasting wine expert. Uh, Mark, of course, is the sommelier at the Rainbow Lodge here in Houston. And I'm just telling you, if you're visiting Houston from out of town, that needs to be on your list of places to try yeah, and eat if, while you're here. If you're, if you're coming from out of town, you think, man, what's good fine dining in Houston? Yeah. Do not pass that one off. Yeah, and, and it's very different fine dining. It is definitely that, but it's very different because it's more like almost down home, and they've it's, got all this kind like of different uh, walking into a hunting lodge. That's really their is. whole kind of but with a great thing. chef and a great mm-hmm. wine selection. Amazing, so it really is good and great cocktails too. Uh, anyway, thanks to Mark for being on the program. Next week uh, is our will be the show that we do right before. The Whiskey Social. The Whiskey Social. Right. And so um, we contacted Chris Hart to ask him to be on the show. 
And apparently he thinks he's too good to be on the show now. He is. So he's sending a couple of flunkies in his Uh-oh. case. Who's he sending? Uh, I, I don't know the guys. Uh, I have their names written down somewhere, but I don't even have them in, All right. in here. But it wasn't Alan Denning, if that's what you're thinking. Was it Doug Carroll? I bet it is. I like that yeah, guy. Yeah, so I, I didn't really mean to call him flunky. So uh, he, <laughs> he and another guest will be here with us next week talking about the Whiskey Social. Awesome. And I think we will drink uh, uh, well, there's uh, actually, So we, we always talk to uh, Chris Hart, but there's actually right. a lot of people involved. Yes, there are. With uh, with yeah. the whiskey soda, he's sort of the face of it. Yeah, but yeah. he gets the he no. gets the the face gets, time. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's nice to get some other folk on. Yeah, there. I think uh, it'll be fun and, and drink a little whiskey, talk a little whiskey. So that'll be next week's uh, next week's show, and we'll be looking forward to that. But today, uh, a pumpkin beer blind taste test, and Ian has brought perhaps the most unusual <laughs> rum that I've ever seen. What can you tell us about so, this one? <laughs> this is. Uh, Loosely rum. It's it's Mama Wana is what it's called. Mama I believe Wana? that's two words, Mama Wana. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine brought it back from his um, from his honeymoon when he got married. So this is actually a few years old. I've had this for a while. And that's from the Dominican Republic. This is from the it? Dominican Republic. And this particular bottle has this incredibly neat leather uh, <clears throat> uh that sleeve that goes around it, right. it's all stitched it, it, that up around is, it. That is a, a sort of a, a an untanned uh, leather is what that is. Yeah, it's it's crazy cool, and it has stuff written all over it. I don't... Uh, I love the palm trees. I don't even know what it the, says. It's all the in, congas uh, and in the maracas. Espanol. Yeah, but... Uh, but this is. <laughs> Wait a second. Can you tell what Look, it says? I only speak so much Spanish, but but right here on the top it says, "Este producto revitalize el vigo sexual." Oh well, there you go. <laughs> like that's the first thing it says on here. <laughs> that's pretty good. Apparently, this is a sexy show. Um, uh, th- which, by the way, is Spanish for revitalize the vita sexual. <laughs> vivo, or vigo, vigo, vigo sexual. Whatever, yeah. yeah, but uh, I can only transfer uh, translate the one word. So uh, um, something with a uh, natural plant base. Mm. Um, well. I could try to read it in Spanish, but I'm sure that Spanish-speaking people out there yeah. would like all go blind in one ear. You know after what we might it. do? We might have you bring it back in the next time we have our, uh, <laughs> oh, our yeah. tequila expert uh, on, and we'll see if she'll read that so for it's, us. So. It, but it's it's incredibly interesting because it's all tooled leather and and it's got like mm-hmm. painted and all kinds of stuff on here. And he bought this and gave it to me. We sat and tried it. Uh, it's incredible. Incredibly interesting, okay, uh, but wait. it's largely made of rum. And uh, looking it up online, Mamawana has a lot of times some uh, some kind of wine, but a lot of botanical stuff in it. And if you look in a bottle, like, I don't, see, I don't think of rum as it. having botanicals. If you can see it, if you look at the rum, maybe you can see it with just the right angle. But there's it's it's filled with sticks. Oh, good. <laughs> like, <can> you, <laughs> twigs and sticks. And oh, you're so right. There's all wine. kinds of plant stuff in there. All right, so I guess it is botanicals, and that's that's going to be very interesting, my friend. <laughs> I will look forward to that with great excitement. So uh, we will. Be... A, that's a stick where if you chew on it a while, you're going to get a little <laughs> bit hammered. <laughs> yeah, I was, you know, just watching the Astros games, I was watching uh, uh, Dusty Baker, uh, the manager of the Astros, chewing on those toothpicks. We, uh-huh. should, we should give him some of these uh, <laughs> some uh, of these sticks. To chew sticks. On. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, also on the program today, we will be uh, talking about some cigars for you to watch for. Uh, we mentioned this last week, but didn't tell you about it. CAO is in, introducing a new 12-day 
cigar advent calendar. Oh, yeah, really right. We talked briefly yeah. about it, but mm-hmm. we didn't get to the article. Uh, and uh, Cigar Aficionado has a new list of 16 mild cigars that even occasional smokers will enjoy. And I thought that'd be good because we don't talk a lot about mild cigars on the show. No, we got Because both of us kind of, kind of tend towards, you know, the more I can certainly medium recommend a full. few that I, actually, that I actually go for. It'll be interesting to, to see time. if they're yeah. on this list. And if not, we should de- uh, definitely addendum uh, the list. Definitely addendum the list. And uh, yet another band has gotten into the whiskey business. It's Kings of Leon. So we'll tell you about their new uh, uh, Kiyomichi whiskey. I love like them. I and by the too. way, I'll just mention this. There is a music documentary. You can find it on Netflix. I've I believe it's one of the greatest music documentaries I've, I've ever seen. That. Watched. Is that about them coming from their small town? Talahina Sky is the name right, of it. Right. It's all about Kings of Leon. I haven't awesome. watched it yet, but I've seen that it exists and it's on my radar. There's a brilliant so the town they come from is so like backwoods and it's so like like in the middle of nowhere. And there's a segment in my favorite segment of the whole thing is where um, there is an I think it was an uncle of theirs that they're, you know, they're filming him and getting him commenting on on things. And he talks about how and and there was a, a point in time when they were really beginning to get popular that they made the cover of Rolling Stone. Which for any music artist is a yeah that's a pretty big huge. deal right right and there's a song about it yeah exactly Rolling Stone. yeah so so the uh, the band Kings of Leon is on the cover of Rolling Stone it just so happened that week on the Price Is Right they one of the showcases was a uh, like a rock and roll vacation it was a getaway and it had this and this, a, a guitar and a, a you know all this stuff. and a year subscription to Rolling Stone because you figured they were one of the sponsors of uh-huh. the showcase package right and so when the the spokes model on Price is Right holds up the Rolling Stone magazine it just happens to be the one that Kings of Leon is on the cover of all right, right? All right, hold on we're, we're talking about we're talking about being out in the country so let me guess. No one's excited that they're on Rolling Stone, but holy cow, they made the prices right. That's exactly right. The <laughs> uncle, they're interviewing me. He's like, I was calling everybody I know saying, them boys is on the prices right. It's on the prices right. <laughs> so that's one of the that most. That is fantastic. And, it, and it's so I genuine. It. Right, you know, right. It's so genuine. He's not, you know, joking around. Anyway, that's it's, a, it's, that's... Talahina Sky is the name of it. You can see it on Netflix if you have I'll Netflix. I'm totally going to check that out. Or at least out. that's where I watched it. I believe it's still on Netflix. Right. So uh, check it out. So also on our program, we have <laughs> we have our own uh, little uh, sort of Talahina Sky segment we like to call Drinking News. And uh, our Drinking News teaser headline today, it's nothing to snort at. So we'll look forward to that. Uh, and a, a whole lot to talk about. I'm assuming, though, I've had one of the most busy weeks that I've had in a long time. And I had very little time to actually sit and enjoy cigars this last week. I did manage to uh, to smoke one that I want to talk about on the show. But let's ask you first. What we're going to forget about last week, all right? Like okay. Last week is going to be stricken from the record. Uh, I would like to do that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, man, uh, yeah. it's just one of those weeks. Yes. Uh, for those of you out there who know, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I won't belabor uh, that any longer than I have to. I did. I went out this morning, and uh, my humidor is in pitiful shape. I have not much left, but I found one. 
in the humidor. I found one in my humidor. I uh, went out on my patio. I found a man of war, and I look back. Uh-huh. I've never. Uh, I've done. I did actually just a, a month, a month and a half ago. I talked about the man of war abomination, but I've never talked about the standard man of war. Just the regular just man the, of war. The, stuff. Yep. The the Coraline man of war. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? This is a good one to do. This is a five by fifty robusto uh, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, uh, Nicaraguan binder and filler. Um, the appearance on this thing, uh, rustic old leather. Veiny, oily, inconsistent firmness, somewhat lumpy, and the badass Man of War band. Because <laughs> that band looks awesome, <laughs> yes, right? It's it does. The, with the, the, the helmet, shield and helmet, yeah. Um, so, like, after all that being said, like, it's actually not an unpleasant cigar to look at, but it's got a lot of things going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. The pre light sniff on this, I got a barnyard. Get this. Are you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Go for I it. I might have gone over, I might have jumped the shark on this one, but I got barnyard. Vintage bookstore. I'm waiting for that to sink in. I'm loving it. I'm loving everything about <laughs> Vintage it. Vintage bookstore, coffee, and mocha at the foot. Come on, there is a very specific like oh oh yes nose you to know a vintage exactly bookstore. What you're you know exactly about. what I'm talking about. So I, and I don't know why that popped in my head, but that's what it smelled like to me. So it's uh, what are the things again? What so, <laughs> vintage bookstore and what? Because I totally barnyard the vintage barnyard, bookstore vintage bookstore coffee and coffee mocha at the foot and mocha. Okay. So uh yeah, kind of a kind of a rustic nose to it as yeah, well, if you sounds, will. Sounds the pre light draw, I used a clip and the uh the cap cracked on it. Oh, I hate when that happens. It peeled right off. It actually smoked just fine. I'm gonna go ahead and give that one right away. Mm-hmm. Uh it was a little uh a little uh what do you call it? a little uh tattered at the end where mm-hmm. I was smoking it, but that didn't really affect the smoke much. So um so I actually didn't even take that into consideration with the uh, with the thing because I've had many of these before and a cap hasn't cracked, so it could have mm-hmm. been that I dropped it or some mm-hmm. thing like that. Um, but uh, the effortless draw, rich coffee, creamy sweetness, leather, vintage bookstore again, and earth. Uh, the initial light on this uh, Nicaraguan pepper blast, ba-dum, ba-dum. and boy does it Nicaraguan pepper well, blast. I'm not surprised since it's Man of War. Right, right. Uh, also, just so you know, this was uh, this this was created by none other than AJ, AJ Fernandez. Fernandez. Yeah. So you kind of expect this isn't one of his more subtle blends, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This well, it comes in at a very medium. Yeah. But that pepper blast at the beginning would belie that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's big. Mm-hmm. Like you would think you're right into a full. F- full flavored cigar but it comes in at a medium once you get into it uh once the uh, npb yeah the nicaraguan pepper blast once the npb settles uh, a host of flavors appear including coffee mocha nuttiness i decided to uh, to um uh, to change um vintage bookstore to dusty tome okay so i'll, I'll i can go because it that. just sounds cooler right yes so i got so I got coffee, mocha, nuttiness, dusty tome, leather, and an overall sweetness uh, to balance the pepper. Uh, leather and a slight ting- uh, leather leaves a slight uh, uh, tingle on the lip. The leathery wrapper leaves a slight tingle on the lip. Sorry, I can't read my own mm-hmm. notes here. Uh, the retrohale is peppery and woody and sweet. Uh, solid ash, good burn. The second third of the cigar. Loads of des- dense smoke with every uh, puff. Pepper is consistent. However, the sweetness and nuttiness shine through here with supportive notes of leather, dusty tome, earth, uh, coffee. I need I need like some uh, reverb on my voice every time I say dusty, dusty tome. tome. 
Um, earth, coffee, mocha, and a touch of cayenne in the back of the palate. Retro hills, woody and sweet with pepper. Solid ash, good burn. Going into the last third of the cigar, rich leathery sweetness backed by spicy pepper and earth. Mocha and sweet coffee round out the flavor profile. And I didn't say anything about dusty tome here. I it kind of went away. Was and it's not okay. a bad flavor. It's just, yeah, no, it no. just I don't know why the, the vintage bookstore slash dusty tome really stuck in my uh, palate there. It's a thing, though. Um, uh, mocha and sweet coffee round out the flavor profile. Retro hail is wood and sweet with pepper. Solid ash, good burn. Complex and rich blend by A.J. Fernandez. You ready for this? Yeah, lean on me. At eight dollars ish, mm-hmm. if you're gonna buy a stick, right. usually at a store or if you buy a single online. Tell me, tell me about how was it medium full? Was it all the way full? It was tell medium. Me it was medium. It was me. It started off with a big full uh, yeah. Nicaraguan pepper blast, and then just backed off to medium. Okay, but it's a real good medium. It's a spicy medium mm-hmm. too. So if you if you like medium cigars, but like not spicy, a lot of spice, yeah. then you might not like this. But this is very spicy and quite good. Sweet and spicy too, you mm-hmm. know. Sweet to, mm-hmm. to balance it. The, the so eight bucks. So at eight bucks, the price to quality, I give it a solid five. I mean, yeah. it's as good as AJ makes, you know. That's great. I didn't spend five that's or great. eight dollars on it. Yeah, but that's that's one of the things though. This was one of his earlier blends, uh-huh. and Been I feel forever. like I feel like he's only gotten better and better as he's blended. So uh-huh. to go back to this and and feel like it stands up to it totally stands his up. other things at eight bucks. That's really it saying totally something stands awesome. up. And so. I didn't pay eight dollars for it, right? I uh, on cigar bid, yeah. one of those things. I got a bundle of them. Mm-hmm. It cost two dollars and seventy cents mm. a stick. So if you could get it at that price, what uh, price to quality? Would you gave it an eight. Yeah, at sure. two dollars and seventy cents yeah. a stick for a cigar that yeah. good, man. And even at an eight, if I was going to knock it off for the cap coming off, I could only knock it down by like a point five. Yeah, yeah. you know. But I mean, no, at two dollars and seventy cents a stick, that nice. gets an eight. That's a Badass cigar for that much. That is awesome. Well, I decided to try one, uh, a cigar brand that I haven't uh, smoked in a long time. Uh, This week I had the Tatuaje Havana 6 Nobles, which is the Robusto. And uh, like I said, I hadn't smoked a Tatuaje in a long time, so I figured I was overdue. Uh, It was a nice-looking cigar. Not beautiful, but kind of just like a classic Cigar look. A little bumpy, you know, a few uh, noticeable veins, uh, but it had that thin tatouage band around it with the fleur-de-lis, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I used a punch and uh, checked out the pre-light notes and cold draw, and man, am I glad that I did. One of the most awesome pre-light aromas that I've ever encountered on this nice. cigar. And I wasn't really expecting that, you know. Um, <clears throat> it was earthy. Loamy, rich, deep tobacco notes and chocolate. I honestly, for a moment, I couldn't decide whether to light it or just keep sniffing. I have had cigars that were so good like that where I'll sit there and just Mm. puff it, like unlit for a little while. Uh, I really, if I hadn't been doing the review, I would have stayed with it longer and lit, uh, but I was like, okay, I got to get started on this. Uh, the Havana 6 sports a Habano wrapper and Nicaraguan binder and fillers, and it's blended and rolled in Nicaragua at the El Rey, do, El, the El Rey de los Habanos factory. So I wasn't too surprised when I was greeted by our old friend, 
the Nicaraguan pepper the blast. NPB. The NPB, yeah, on the very uh, first few puffs. Tingly notes of pepper on my tongue and that deep tobacco richness that I picked up on the pre-light were the first things that hit my palate. I also got leather and tea leaf and a darker dried fruit note, like a, a black cherry maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Sometimes I have trouble distinguishing. It's like when, you, when you're eating a slice of fruitcake. Do you know which fruit? You're getting at that, I'm at sorry, that like moment when you're doing or, what? Exactly. Like <laughs> exactly. Like, like, okay, I've seen fruitcake. You've had fruitcake before. Who's though, actually eaten one though? I have it when I was a kid. That's why I don't eat them now. I thought fruitcakes didn't actually get eaten. I thought literally they just got saved to next year and given to someone else. No, they like they kind of like candy corn. They actually have a really good purpose, and I'll tell you what that is. If you live in like an older house. And you have one of those doors that you can't get to stay open. <laughs> the the fruitcake makes a great <laughs> They're doorstop. They're dense, too. They always yeah. weigh oh, a yeah. ton. Uh, it's yeah. a tiny little thing that you weighs have, like five pounds. You'll have no problem with your door <laughs> at that point. Uh, but in any case, I got, uh, let's call it black cherry. That's, that's what it I, I am joking. Like My wife loves fruitcake. I, okay. I don't eat it very much, but All go right. ahead. So right from the start, the burn was excellent on this. And the ash, though, was a little crooked. You can see that in the picture right uh, there. Uh, not a big deal, but it did make me worry a little bit about it falling on me. So I decided to handle with care. I flicked it off at about a half inch uh, out of an abundance of caution. I've always wanted to say an abundance of caution. Nice. You know, makes me feel like I sound kind of intelligent. Right, right. You know, like it's a big deal. Something a, a lawyer would say. Anyways, you could tell we're past the 80s because back then we didn't have things like caution or safety or anything I like that. I certainly didn't in the 80s. That I had an abundance <laughs> of something, but it sure wasn't caution. Uh, once I did uh, flick that off, uh, the burn line looked like it might need a little help on one side, which you can see here. So I used my lighter for a quick touch-up, and it went back to almost perfect uh, very quickly. A note of baking spices started to show up in the second third. There was still pepper, although it had receded quite a bit from the opening blast. I was able to detect a tea leaf note and a kind of an oakiness as well. Uh, uh, the room note of the cigar was just as impressive as the pre-light had been. Uh, this is one of those cigars that if you're smoking it around other people, people will actually stop and say, I really like that cigar right, you're smoking. Right, right. That smells great. Uh, even people that don't smoke mm -hmm. cigars. Uh, so uh, except for the really uptight people, of course, they would not ever stop and, and say that. I'm feeling a little bit like. You mean Californians? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, I'm feeling a little bit like my review there here is just. I mean, it's really hard to follow Dusty Tome, I guess is what I'm saying. I feel like I'm not really living up to the... Is that yeah, what's messing you it, up a little bit? It's bothering me a little bit here. Uh, anyway, on this uh, cigar, the draw was perfect. Very easy to smoke. Uh, the final third ramped up the earthy tobacco notes a bit with leather and oak still prominent. There was a creamy quality to this smoke, too, which kept it from having any bitterness at all. A little bit of coffee and some pepper on the retrohale. Now, the burn line didn't stay as even in the final third, but it wasn't anything that hampered the enjoyment of the smoke. You can see that a little bit, too. The Tatuaje Havana uh, 6 Nobles was not groundbreaking, but it was a very enjoyable smoke throughout. The strength was just maybe one notch past medium body. Mm -hmm. All the flavors were very full, very easy to enjoy. It's a solid cigar, and you can get it for about 8 bucks, uh, which these days is about what you'd expect to pay for most premium mm -hmm. Robustos. Now, there was no dusty tome note. Mm. 
So if you're looking for that, this is not the cigar for you. <laughs> you got to go uh, with the Manowar. But, but I really enjoyed it. And for me, it's an easy cigar uh, to recommend. Price to quality, solid five for me on this one. Nice. Uh, at eight bucks. Um, don't feel like I overspent on it at so all. So $8 gets a solid five both ways yeah, around Yeah, today. how about that? That's, That's pretty nice. good. That's pretty good. And we never planned that, by the way. No. Because uh, I never know what cigar you're going to talk about. it, or, or, or whether you like it the only not. time we've ever done that. Was, when we agreed we, to smoke the same thing. We agreed on the show to smoke the same thing. But right. there's, there was a couple times where we actually smoked the same thing. Yeah, I didn't realize and it. I had no that's, idea. That's yeah, funny. That, that's, that's always been uh, kind of funny. So, all right, we have a lot to do, as I mentioned on the show today. And we're, we want to get started on this pumpkin beer blind taste test. So we'll uh, taste the first two pumpkin beers in the next segment. Uh, Jong, our producer, is going to be... Um, Pouring them for us and not telling us what they are. So I'm looking forward to this. This will be a blast. It's Smoking and Toasted, show number 302, and we will be right back. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasted. I love the bass line on that, uh, on that song. It's just... It's a fun little baseline. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 302. Uh, and we're doing pumpkin beers today. This is our Halloween show. So we decided not to dress up in costume or, you know, have any ghosts hanging in the studio or anything like that. We just are going to do pumpkin beers. That's our <laughs> that's our salute to Halloween. So in this segment, we'll get started with the first couple of them. We'll do blind taste tests. So uh, there's only going to be seven of them in all. So we'll talk about maybe what our favorite two or three are at the end, but we're not going to necessarily rank each segment. We'll just talk about what we like and, and what we don't like, and then ah, yes. in the end we'll pick our favorite. So in the meantime, I want to tell you about some cigars to watch for. The latest release of our Tour Fuente Rare Pinks. It's a line of Perfectos that helps a very good cause. Uh, began shipping just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, included among the shipments are a pair of long-awaited new sizes, one of them called the Sophisticated Hooker was first puffed nearly one year ago by the uh, seminar audience at the Big Smoke Meets Whiskey Fest uh, Festival oh. in November of 2021 that Cigar Aficionado does. Uh, the cigars were originally due to be on the market much sooner, but Fuente held up the release date when the company decided to change the box count from 10 to 20. So they had to redo the boxes, and that uh, that kept, uh, just, it, kept them just, from coming just out. Just a point on there. Big Smoke Meets Whiskey. Yeah. Doesn't that sound like a great that idea? sounds like a pretty good yeah, thing. Yeah, it sounds like a great thing. I had a blast when we did the uh, Big Smoke a few years oh, back. Oh, in yeah. Vegas? Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was so much fun. Um, we want to do something really spectacular with this cigar, Fuente told Cigar Aficionado. The box is big. It's a box of 20, a big box of 20, and the cigars are already well over a year old. We wanted to wait. Making these boxes wasn't easy, and we shipped to the entire country at once, and we held everything back to make a big splash to try, uh, try to raise as much money for breast cancer research as possible. Nice. And that's what uh, this whole thing about. The Sophisticated Hooker is a huge cigar. It's 7 and 1 16th inches long with a 53 ring gauge and has a suggested retail price of $17.70, which big cigar, special cigars, the blend is supposed to be fabulous and uh, raising money for a good cause. So to me, that doesn't seem like, I mean, super premium, yes, but yep. I would spend that for that cigar yeah. in order to try it. The unusual name might bring something lewd to mind, but the double entendre comes from the name of a large fishing boat 
that Fuente remembers uh, that he fished on in Key West in his younger days. There's also a Queen of Hearts size, which is four and a quarter by 60, uh, and it went in this shipment as well. It retails for $14.70 and also comes in 20-count uh, boxes. The Rare Pink line was created by Fuente in late 2020. The cigars have dark Ecuadorian wrappers, Dominican binders, and a mix of Nicaraguan and Dominican filler tobacco. These are rare. So if you see them, I mean, they're called snap Rare Pink. One up, if you yeah. see them, yeah, at least snap up one to try. I'm willing to because bet. Because won't, they won't be there the next I'm time you go to I'm willing to bet the shop. sophisticated hooker sounds much cooler when it's coming from a guy with an accent and a oh, hat. Totally. Totally. From Mr. Fuente? Yes. 100%. <laughs> you know that 100%, sounds. Yeah. You know when he says it, you're like, oh, I totally yeah. want that. <laughs> uh, boutique cigar maker HVC Cigars will be releasing. Man, they've been coming on hard recently. They're great, yeah. those hotcakes. Yeah, and now, now they're releasing their annual Black Friday cigar, which is expected to appear at retail uh, later this month or in early November. Nice. The Black, the Black Friday HVC Limited Edition 2022 Robusto Extra. Five and a half inches by 50 ring gauge. Cuban scene wrapper grown in Ecuador, but the rest of the tobacco is uh, Nicaraguan. They say there's no Lijero tobacco in the cigar, which is typically used for strength. Rather, this year's Black Friday is made with viso and seco leaves, which are not as strong as they grow lower on the plant and get a little less sun exposure. Production, limited to 600 cabinets of 50 cigars. The box retails for 425 before tax or about 850 per cigar. This is the uh, first Black Friday release made at the company's new factory. So uh, I'm for it. Something, uh, again, limited. I love these limited things because right. you can go in, check them out, and, and you feel... You feel like you got an extra excuse to try one because, oh, well, I won't be able to get it next time, so right. I better. And a new limited edition size of Room 101's 12th anniversary has landed at a handful of stores around the country, perhaps at one of your favorites. It's a 6 by 56 Perfecto that uses the same Nicaraguan blend as the original Room 101 12th anniversary, a 6 by 52 Toro that was released during the second half of 2021. The This blend, they say, performs in this Vitola majestically. That's according oh, to nice. your buddy. Matt Booth. Nice. Uh, your uh, your admirer. Uh, <laughs> production of the 12th anniversary Perfecto is limited to just uh, around 450 boxes of 10 cigars, and the release is limited to just six retailers across the country, according to what uh, Matt Booth told the Half Wheel. So six. Six uh, retailers yeah. across so the country. So you're going to have to do some research on this one. There's going to have to be one in here. It has an right? MSRP of $16 per cigar and $160 for a box of 10. The Room 101 12th anniversary is produced by... Oh! Who to thunk it? Tabacalera AJ Fernandez cigars of ah. Nicaragua, and all of the tobacco in the blend was grown by AJ. So I guess nice. Matt worked with AJ and his people to get the blend that they wanted. So a few great cigars to watch for. There are always a few that kind of uh, begin to come out. There's this big rush at the end of the summer where all the stuff from the conventions that was introduced right. at PCA and all the other ones uh, begin to hit retail. And then there's always this little trickle that kind of follows mm -hmm. into the holiday season. So that's where we are at this. That's uh, <clears> some <throat> of the, the PCA exclusives and yep, things absolutely. like that, too. And so, and so if you have a, a favorite cigar shop, you know, ask them what they have. When you go in, uh, and Ian and I both do this, and, and I, I love doing it because it's just so much fun, especially if, the guys there know anything about what you like. Yeah. If you've been in before, you just go in and ask them, what am I smoking today? 
I love doing that. Oh, I love, you know, I, I've been doing that so much that I go in now like, oh, you know what we got? Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm like, exactly. oh, let me oh, know. Yeah. Lay it on me. So, <laughs> right. All right. It is uh, Halloween season, which means uh, it's time to start singing Christmas carols. And uh, we will. Uh, we, Christmas stuff is already available. Dude, it's everywhere. It's, it always is. Everywhere. And, and it starts earlier every year. I think I heard my first uh, commercial that said the holidays are upon us in August. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the way it always does. But we've asked Jung, our engineer, to pour us some, um, some beer. And these were both the same one, right? Okay. So we've asked him to pour us some pumpkin beers. He won't tell us what they are until after we've tasted and commented on them. We have seven pumpkin beers and all, so we'll do two in this segment, and then we'll uh, we'll keep going. And rather than ranking them, we'll tell you what our favorites were at the end, but rather than ranking them, let's just... Uh, Let's just taste them and, and talk about them. So this would be pumpkin beer number one. And I will mention, by the way, these pumpkin beers are all different styles. Some of them are ales, some of them maybe stouts, some of them maybe even sours. We'll see. Um, the first one is very fragrant. It is. Like, it, it's a little more almost an Oktoberfest vibe on the nose, well, though, than pumpkin, don't you think? It's, it's, it's very... What's the, uh, what's the uh, mincemeat spice kind of... Oh, yeah. Um, uh that kind of thing going on to it. Hmm. It's, oh, it's it just the nose is so strong. So it is like, in my opinion, this is what you would get if you combined an Oktoberfest and a pumpkin beer. It's lighter than I thought it was going to be. It's real sweet. Yeah, it is. It's real sweet. Uh, it's not, actually very not, drinkable. Not sticky, uh, lingering mm -hmm. sweet, but real sweet right up front and then has a nice little bitter crisp in the back. The the pumpkin is almost all on the finish, uh, but you get a little bit of that marzen that makes me think Oktoberfest as well. Um, this, <clears throat> it's not the most pumpkin-y tasting pumpkin beer I've tried, but it's uh, it's quite drinkable. It tastes like more like pumpkin spices than pumpkin. Mm -hmm. Like you got a little pumpkin spice in your Oktoberfest. I know I keep saying that, but to me, yeah. I'm getting more of that pretzel-y, uh, baking spice. Uh, if you took thing. some of the pumpkin kind of thing out of <clears throat> yeah. this, it's actually um, a little bit more like almost like a, like that Santa Arnold Christmas ale. Which, by the way, I saw at the store. I almost brought some in. I've already destroyed a six-pack. Oh. <laughs> How is it? <laughs> Fantastic it the, as usual. So St. Arnold, though, it's the same, uh, it's the same uh, blend every year. Yeah, it's the same year. Uh, thing every year. I and did they're also super see, consistent about I it. I did too. also see the Anchor Steam Christmas Ale. Yeah, uh, I almost I bought a six-pack of that. I'll, I'll, go, I'll be going back for yeah. that. Well, we'll be having that on the show. Because that one's sure. different every year. I, I think maybe we should do, have we done a Christmas Ale blind taste test before? I don't think we have. I don't know if we have. That might be fun to do. Yeah, we're just a couple months away mm -hmm. from it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's upon us. Uh, it's upon us. But, it's, yeah. it's been upon us for months, actually. <laughs> now I understand. But, uh, I understand. Like the Christmas beers coming out early because mm -hmm. because you have a certain amount of season, you have a certain amount of time to make it, and you got to get them out, you know, fresh and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So and I, I always get excited get when we're in the middle of the dead of winter. And I see the spring ale start to come out because it's yes. like it like makes you feel like ah oh, cool we're almost there you yes know? Uh, this is a good beer uh, do you it like is, this it's drinkable um, it's a little almost there's almost a clove kind of now I'm not a real big fan of clove but I know what you're talking there's about. almost a clove kind of thing and I'm not a fan of clove either but that's not that's not distracting it's just a descriptor in this mm -hmm. case um, but it's nice uh, that's a nice one to share uh, I'm gonna say sweet up front malty. Um, I'm going to say kind of a uh, I finish. like it. All right, John, let's go for the next one. All right. Uh, no, you'll notice how all of these beers are kind of orange. <laughs> yeah. 
How about that? Seems to be a pumpkin-y thing. These are almost uh, the exact same color, aren't yeah, they? Uh, they really are. You've got more left of your first one, but this one may be just a tiny bit darker, uh, but it looks like an ale. Now, when, when John was asking me how much he should pour into each cup, he yeah. held one up about this. I was like, yeah, no, that's about right. He goes, oh, I shouldn't fill it up. I was like, no, because then we have to feel like we have to drink it all. Yes. And, and, <laughs> and then, you know, then the show gets a little weird by about the fourth or fifth We almost <laughs> We almost called this show, instead of calling it Smoking and Toasting, we almost called it No Beer Left Behind. Mm. And uh, that would have been a pretty good name. So, all right. This I'm not is getting, vastly different. I'm not getting much on the nose on this one. Mm, so I, I am once, once you- Kind of beerish. Once you stop and back off it a little bit, there's a hoppy smell. That it's it's right. It's more hoppy, more hoppy beerish than uh, than um, the other one was. But uh, have you tasted it yet? Um, I did. Your thoughts, sir. Uh, it's so the the nose comes across real hoppy compared to the other one. But I think mm -hmm. the other one was just so sweet that it, it kind of masks some this things. This one. After I take a sip, I kind of start being able to parse out some of the malt and. Uh, <clears throat> this one is not as sweet. So. It, depending on Other how things. you depending on how you bake a pumpkin pie, most pumpkin pies, if you eat a slice of it and you don't put any, let's say, whipped cream on it or ice cream or anything like that, it's not really very sweet. Not as usually pies, super sweet. As right. Pies go right because usually pies are pretty sweet if you got you know cherry or peach or whatever. Uh, but in this case, uh, the first beer that we had was more like pumpkin pie with some whipped cream on top to sweeten it out. And this one strikes me more like pumpkin pie without the whipped cream. This has a um it's interesting cuz there's a spicy underlying spicy on this as well that uh that I think is masked by the high carbonation. Like once you let it settle down on your tongue a minute, you can kind of get some of the spice. But the carbonation masks a bit of that at first. Pretty drinkable too though. Not as sweet, but pretty drinkable. Hmm. Interesting. It's hard for me to say which of these I like better. I like the, I like both of them about the same, even though they're wildly different, as you were saying. Um, it'll be interesting to see what these are. John, go ahead and uh, show us what the first pumpkin beer was. Ah, very good. So this is from UFO, which is um, UFO, of course, is also uh, it's an offshoot of her friends at um, uh, uh, Harpoon. In, oh, okay. in Boston, they uh, their UFO Hefeweizen was so popular they actually sort of branched out and did UFO. So you can see, uh, you can see the UFO pumpkin beer. What does it say there? Uh, Journey to the planet pumpkin, seasonally spiced and brewed with real pumpkin puree. Mm. So that's yeah, that's what you're getting in there. So that was the first one. Very interesting. Okay, so UFO Beer Company. Let's see what the second uh, pumpkin beer was. And oh, very interesting. Okay, this one is from Brooklyn Brewery. It's their Post Road Pumpkin Ale. Okay, so that one not quite as sweet, but very, uh, very drinkable as well. Um, interesting. What's what's your take now that you know? Does knowing what either of these beers was um, inform your uh, your thoughts on them at all? Well, so the Brooklyn Brewery uh, that kind of follows Post for uh, Brooklyn Brewery because they. They tend to make very beer-like beers, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Even when they do yes, other they do. stuff, it's sure. just very beer-like. I love their. I um, like the. I like the Brooklyn better. I actually uh, gave it one higher point than the um, than UFO, but it would have it would have been a little bit better for me if it's slightly less carb. I agree. It's, it's a, a little, little carbonated, carb, uh, mm -hmm. but it's good. I like it. I would. I would like if 
The first one I would rather share with a friend. The second one I could drink by myself. Okay. That makes some sense. I think there are going to be some other ones of these that are likely going to be really heavily into that chair with a friend yeah, category. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's kind of both, like my two categories. And these like are a, both, I think, lighter uh, pumpkin ales. There, I, I suspect we're going to have some heavier beers coming mm -hmm. up before this is over. But, uh, yeah, those uh, those were good. I, I would enjoy... In in the holiday season, once you you know once it's upon us, which apparently it is, um, you know you start developing a taste for these things and uh, a little bit of a craving for it. And I I could I could go through, you know, a six pack of either of these beers. Maybe not all in one night, but uh, but I could definitely stock the fridge and I would drink them until they were gone. Uh, so that's. That's pretty interesting because I don't know if I would say that about all pumpkin beers. Right. You know, some but, of them you're like, that was good, but I really only want uh, just one. Really you want to put those down some? on Mr. Twirly Gig there uh, so we can show Mr. what the first two were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there we go. So fascinating. These beers, I think, both kind of what you expect from a pumpkin ale. If that makes sense, like yeah. not a lot of surprises here. Uh, one definitely sweeter. One uh, a little more straight ahead, but um, yeah, you know, good. maybe uh, maybe I'm just skewed because I'm so used to Houston having um, the uh, Santa Ana Pumpkinator. And I have a feeling we're going to have that in. And, the, uh, uh, and I'm in so the... skewed because I always think when I think pumpkin beer, I think heavier beers right. generally. Right. Well, and certainly the ales are going to be lighter uh, in this case. And the one, the UFO, was actually made with pumpkin puree. So I, I don't know how all of these are made, but, I mean, obviously there's pumpkin in all of right. them. Right. But I don't know whether it being a puree... You know, makes it lighter, fluffier, creamier. I don't know. Fascinating. We'd More have filling. We have taste. to have a uh, yeah. <laughs> We'd have to have an actual brewmaster on to uh, <laughs> to 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 do that. We so, need to get one of those. Uh, yep, absolutely. We do. A brewmaster would be fun to have on the show. We haven't had that. We've done it before. We haven't done it in a while. All right. So let's go ahead and take a break. We'll come back. We're going to um, uh, test a couple more pumpkin beers coming up. And of course, we still around the corner, we'll have a little drinking news for you. So we'll look forward to that. Mm, drinking news. Mm -hmm. It's Smoking and Toasting. Thanks for hanging with us and happy Halloween, my friends. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is our program called Smoking and Toasting. We're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Mm, those things are good. All good things, yes. And we welcome you back to the program. Ian's going to uncork the whiskey here. Or unscrew, unscrew the top the on the top. whiskey. That just doesn't give as satisfying a sound, does it? This is Nothing this is, wrong with screw tops, but they just don't give as satisfying a sound effect. This is the Mamawana. I'm looking forward to it. It's it is, got all kinds of stuff in it. Out of yeah, it. Got all kinds of stuff in it. While you pour, I want to tell you about a new whiskey uh, that was just released. Officially available for purchase as of uh, last week. It's called Kiamichi Whiskey. And it is from Kings of Leon, the rock and roll band. Uh, named for the river where the followers of, uh, of uh, Kings of Leon. Oh, man, I can smell this all the way over here. Uh, named for a river uh, close to where they grew up. Uh, uh, and they were gathering uh, next to this river for extended family reunions, which you can see in that, uh, that documentary I was telling you about, uh -huh. the uh, um, Talahina Sky. Uh, anyway, it's named after that river. And... Uh, the uh, collaboration is between the boys in the band and the family behind Willet, who are the makers of some of the most uh, well-known and respected Kentucky bourbon and rye whiskeys. Pot still reserve is mm -hmm. delicious. So the uh, Kiamichi Whiskey Collection includes a five-year rye, 
That is a 12-barrel blend of both Willet Rye mash bills aged in Char 5, 24-month cured oak from Hofmeister Cooperage. And the second one's an eight-year rye. For you to say. Yeah, an eight-year rye that's a six-barrel blend of Willet's low rye mash bill aged in Char 4, nine-month cured oak from ISC. And then a 19-year-old bourbon that is a single barrel proprietary mash bill bottled at cask strength. It's an extremely rare and high end release that will celebrate the anniversary of Kings Villian's debut album, Youth and Young Manhood, which debuted 19 years ago. So it's a 19 year old oh, yeah. whiskey tying in with that. So uh, you might look for, um, you know, you might look for that if you're out and about. I have not seen this on the shelves yet, but I don't know what states it's available in. So we'll have to try to find out. I like the band. I would be willing to try their whiskey. I like the band, too. Especially Man, since those guys were live. Oh, they're oh, just spectacular. Really, really, really spectacular. spectacular. Yeah. They really <clears throat> are. So I recommend checking them out. All right. Ian has brought in, I'm going to say this before I taste it, I think perhaps the strangest rum we've ever had on the show. <laughs> and this was given to you as a gift, uh, right? So, uh, it was. That was uh, and it might surprise you that the person who gave it to me might be one of the strangest people I know. Uh, now, this, I can tell you on the nose, this is all licorice. Like nothing but licorice. And I'm not the world's hugest licorice fan, so I don't know if I'm going to like this. Uh, you know, go into it with an open mind. Mama okay. Wana, mm-hmm. uh, it, it says here on Wikipedia that it could be, and Wikipedia never lies, uh, that it could of be course. two words, Mama and Wana, or Mama Wana is one word. It's a spiced alcoholic beverage made by infusing a mixture of rum, red wine, and honey with tree bark and herbs. Okay, well, you, we know there's tree bark in there for sure. <laughs> it smells like tree bark. Mm-hmm. It really does. So well, rum, it's got a tell little sawdusty kind of thing. It says the taste is similar to port wine, and the color is deep red. Okay, you got that right. Yeah, all right. All right. So, kind t- of so a tell me red. again, it's rum. Red it says wine. it's rum, red wine, and honey. Now, uh, and honey. Okay. another one of these that I read. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so I'll, I'll talk about that. In a second. Is it Malort? Another one? <laughs> no, no. Another one of these that I read uh, says it's just uh, no. It says rum, red wine, and honey, um, soaking tree bark and herbs. Uh, but you know how uh, you know how when you search stuff, mm-hmm. I just put Mama Wanna drink on Google, and then it comes up with like common questions right right people also ask is mamawana similar to viagra <laughs> oh wow i didn't know anything about in that in fact it's so valued as an aphrodisiac by dominicans that well, those no wait who you take said holidays what was it you read off the back of it something el lo sexual yes remember <laughs> you read that in, off in the espanol back of it. uh revitalize el vigo sexual okay so clearly that's talking about it revitalizes your sexual vigor right that's what it's talking about so this this is a, this show. I hope the show doesn't get too amorous. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I like you and all. Uh, yeah, but yeah, let's. Uh, all right, let's give it a try. It's all licorice so in on fact, the nose. In fact, it is so valued as an aphrodisiac by Dominicans that those who take holidays in the Dominican Republic uh, that may call it. Uh, oh, in the Dominican, they may call it liquid Viagra. Mm. <laughs> I guess it brings new meaning to that song. Why don't we get drunk and screw? Right? <laughs> so, right? All right. We're going to have to try this here. Uh, so I'm looking at random bottles of it. None of them look mm. like this bottle, but a lot of them have this little, this is the Dominican flag colors. I think that's a very special bottle. Yeah, it's, it's like the Dominican flag colors. You get the Dominican flag there. Mm-hmm. It's very cool, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And he told me you can really kind of just refill it with rum and 
Anytime. And, and, and the other botanicals and whatever. Yeah, kind of kind of in there. I guess I could put a little honey, a little red wine in there. Mm, well, uh, have you tried it? No, I'm okay, just. Okay, I'm, I'm waiting just, for this. Uh, it's licorice on the nose. That's all I can say. <laughs> it's uh, it's polarizing, is what it is. Wow. Wow. It's sort of like if Malort made a rum. So here's a funny thing. Yeah. It was sweeter when I first got it. Interesting. So some it's of the sweet. I haven't sweet. had. I hadn't, hadn't drank it in a few years, and it's gotten bitter. It has gotten positively Malort like. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you this. I don't enjoy the flavor, <laughs> but I am a little horny. So, <laughs> so it may have some uh, additional effect there. It does. It got. It does have a a Malort like bitter to it that. Uh, mm. Mm. I remember it not being oof. Ah. It's not oh my good. My God. You know it's what? The second one was worse. Yes, it was. The second one. Malort sim. was the same way, by the way. You think when you're drinking Malort, you think, okay, it couldn't have been as bad as I just thought it was. So you take that second sip, and it is, in <laughs> fact, as bad as the first one. And then you go, Okay, I'm going to be brave and try one There's more. There's no way a third and one. And the third one possibly. is worse than either number one or number two. And I, I'm, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little not inclined to try the third <laughs> sip of this because it's been a while since I've been malorted. But I almost feel like I like malort better. Oh no! Even the third sip. Uh, oh, uh, so mama it kind of tastes like, like paint can and uh, oh. Like I, I don't even know what else to say. It's kind of like if it's not you, good. It, it's kind of like if you took Jägermeister, and you said, you know, this, this doesn't taste bad enough. How can we make it taste worse? And you started trying to combine it with things to see if you could make it taste worse, and you were successful. That's what this would be. Um, and my lips are a little numb. Mm-hmm. What the hell? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Next thing you know, we're uh, we're seeing things. Um. Yeah, I'm not going to drink any more of that. Yeah. That's, uh... That's going to be all I do as well. So uh, for those who say we like everything, <laughs> not so much the Mama Wana. You know, like I said, when I first got this, I remember having a drink of it and thinking it wasn't that bad. But man, it isn't rough. I would be interested to know. Maybe you can uh, add this to the show notes or... or uh, maybe know, it needs more it red our, wine and honey. Mention it on our Facebook page. But um, is there anybody out there who's had this and likes it? And are we just missing the boat somehow? Because I think both of us reacted the same way. You even went for a third. Oh, did you see the look on Zhang's face? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's great. That's great. This was not an intentional malorting, by the way. No, I I didn't get the impression that uh, it was. I was actually kind of remembering this a little more fondly, but whoa. Okay, we're going to take a break and try to do some sort of a palate cleanse because we got to get back to... uh, pumpkin beers uh this is smoking and toasting it's our halloween show and i, I guess can't we even just taste got the pumpkin in this beer I guess, anymore. <laughs> I guess we just got uh uh you know spooked for halloween we'll be right back uh-huh. <clears throat> welcome back it is smoking and toasting our program is all about Craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Speaking of which, 
Cigar Aficionado uh, released a really nice uh, list that I wanted to share with you. Uh, the list is of uh, 16 mild cigars that even occasional smokers will enjoy. And uh, we don't talk a lot about the milder cigars. We have one occasionally that we'll yeah. smoke and review. I have um, a few that I recommend regularly. But, but they recommend, the, here's the ones they recommend. The CAO Gold Torpedo. I used to smoke this cigar a lot. It is a very good milder cigar. I don't know if I've ever tried um, that one. Um, it's uh, from Nicaragua. It's uh, a 91 point rating when they rated it in uh, Cigar Aficionado. And it retails for about seven ninety eight. dollars uh, The CAO Gold Bond was their first uh, Nicaraguan cigars. It's now made by General Cigar and still offers a quality woody smoke full of orange peel, almond, <clears throat> and raisins. Well, sounds good. At $9.25, the Espinosa Crema Number 1. The Espinosa Crema line was created four years ago by owner Eric Espinosa as an introduction for consumers trying Espinosa cigars for the first time. The Camacho Connecticut Churchill. Uh, from Honduras, uh, rated a 90 in Cigar Aficionado. It is a $9 cigar. Uh, the Balmoral Añejo XO Connecticut Torpedo MK52, which is a mouthful. That's a lot. Um, but it's $11.25, Connecticut Shade Wrapper, Ecuador Binder, and a good-looking cigar as well. The Padron Damaso, number 12, uh, a Nicaraguan cigar, uh, 89 points in the review, $13.50. The Vega Fina, Churchill, uh, Dominican Republic, 89 points, uh, $6.92. I feel like I've had that. I have as well. The Cohiba, Connecticut Gigante, the uh, Dominican Cohiba. Uh, it's a twenty two ninety nine cigar uh, because it's huge, uh, but it is uh, the first time that the Dominican Cohiba brand was ever wrapped in an Ecuador, Connecticut uh, cover leaf. Lame. It's 6 by 60 You're not a fan? It's not twenty two dollars worth of cigar. That's yeah, for sure. you're a hundred percent right on that. Like twenty two needs to. If knock that me was over. a ten dollars cigar at that mm -hmm. size, right, I'd right. be like, that's okay. But it's not a twenty two dollars. Now you're going to agree with me on this though. The Oliva Connecticut Reserve Churchill worth every penny of the nine eighty five that it costs. 100%. That is just a wonderful light. Oliva cigar. fanboy here. Uh, the archetype Dream State Churchill. I'm not familiar with this, mm -hmm. but it was a, a part of a series inspired by the works of psychologist Dr. Carl Jung regarding humanity's collective unconscious and mythographer joseph campbell's hero's journey okay uh, i think you get a little heavy for the cigar here for me uh, but uh, okay fine herbal i mean you know when you're smoking a cigar you can look um reflective yeah herbal and earthy with uh, hints of tea and honey the new world connecticut bellicoso a follow-up to the new world line uh the second father and son project between <laughs> aj fernandez and his father the bellicoso size is constructed with excellent combustion it says here underground shade corona double uh, a uh, $10.48 cigar uh, that uh, scored 89 points. Underground Shade's good. High Claire Castle Edwardian Petite Corona. I have not had this. No idea what that uh, is. It's from Foundation Cigar Company uh, in partnership with High Claire Castle Cigar Company as a tribute to High Claire Castle, which is the real-life setting of popular historical drama Downton Abbey. Oh. So that's where that comes from. Uh, the San Lutano Requiem, Connecticut Churchill. A milder yes. follow-up to one of AJ's uh, first brands from AJ Fernandez. It's a thick Churchill, draws and burns evenly while giving up notes of mild spice and graham cracker. And I just had one of these. Actually, um, my wife's mom bought me one of these for my birthday. Oh, nice. Uh, it is the Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut Double Corona. Mine was a... Those are great. Mine was a torpedo. But I enjoyed that cigar so much. And it was mild, but it was just delicious. <clears throat> Full of flavor. Beautiful. 
Beautiful cigar. Uh, the Por Laranga Toro and the Rocky Patel Vintage 1999 Connecticut Toro. Uh, that's a ten dollar and thirty five cent cigar. So those are the sixteen cigars that they recommend uh, for uh, people who you know maybe are even more occasional smokers. I have a, I have a couple to add. Yeah, go so for it. The uh, uh, Fuente Hemingway series. Yes, that uh, short story especially mm -hmm. is going to be in the mild range. Beautiful, wonderful. Cigar. The Perdomo tenth uh, anniversary champagne. Mm -hmm. Any of the sizes. Wonderful. And the nice thing about that is you can get really small, very well made <clears throat> sizes in that. Mm -hmm. That are really good. Uh, the Aladino, Connecticut. That is wonderful. Fantastic mm -hmm. cigar. A little bit of a fast smoker too. So, if, um, so if you have a little less time and you want to go for something, that one will actually smoke faster yeah. and make you feel like you're getting money worth. Love it. But all those are really, really good on the mild side. Mm -hmm. Love it. Um, so uh, you can find that list at Cigar Aficionado if you want to <clears> look <throat> through it and uh, read a little more about each cigar. Many of these, they have links to their full review of them when they yeah. did their full review. So, All right, speaking of doing a full review, it's time to do some more beers here. John has uh, poured us a couple of things. And we did – so last time we wound up with the Brooklyn Brewery Post Road Pumpkin Ale. And the first one was the UFO. Now here comes something that looks like it's a little bit darker. Okay. This is one of two one of two beers I'm going to guess. This is either the Dogfish Head, either the Dogfish Head, or, or the, uh, the Pumpkinator. Pumpkinator. Yeah, all right. So That's, let's see if you can guess it once you taste it. I am definitely getting pumpkin spice on the nose. Yeah. But yeah. you can smell that it's a darker beer. Like it has you can more smell malt, the, the more beer barley. in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and that's kind of nice too. Oh, that's the dogfish head. Yeah. Yep. It's got a really awesome pumpkin spice and baking spice uh, on the finish. Like it really stays on your tongue. Well, yeah, well it stays on your tongue because it's viscous. This mm -hmm. is this is just shy of glue. Um but it's actually kind of good. Like it, the mouthfeel is enormous on this. Mm -hmm. mm. It's uh, it really is. But you cannot escape the pumpkin. Like the pumpkin is all right in your face. There's almost a. It's got a toastedness to it, though. There's a toasty, but there's almost a bubblegummy thing to it. Really. Mm hmm. In a weird. I've had other dogfish head. Uh, Beers that had a little bit of a bubble gumminess to it. No, there's a little bit of a bubble gumminess. Is like if this was neither of those, this would have to be made by Clown Shoes. This is so <laughs> ridiculous that like I think only those companies could make this. Fascinating. All right, let's go I'd on. Be with interesting the, to know. Let's do the next beer and see how we do. Yeah. All right. Oh, look at this. This is even darker. <laughs> wow. What have we here? This makes the last one look uh, positively transparent. Um, this mm, tastes like pumpkinator. This is roasted. It's like roasted pumpkin seeds, almost. You know. All right, I'm standing by that. That that's like dogfish head and pumpkinator we just tried. So this um, is, this has got a little more sweetness on the finish. It though. does. This like, is like the graham cracker crust and a little bit of the right. It's got it's got this uh, this kind of um, sugary. Mm -hmm. uh, pie filling sweetness to yes. it, and you're not expecting that compared but, to the previous. But also, one. there's a coffee flavor that uh -huh. this has that the previous one does not have. Hmm. Oh my god, I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> I <laughs> instead of go I was trying to retaste the previous beer, 
And instead, I retasted the Malort rum or whatever it was we had, the Mamawana. Oh, my God. How I can't did believe taste I did. The oh, it was just time absolutely around. terrible. Just terrible. I'm going to have you, you say something. I'm going to have to eat a Whopper. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, after, after the last uh, mm, uh, uh, segment, we had to palate clear. I had to actually go find candy, like chocolate. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, we had some here at the uh, to, uh and chocolate. It took chocolate and pumpkin beer to cleanse the palate after that mm-hmm. stuff. It was oh, it was so so. I have made some bad mistakes. That was one of the worst. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. let's let's move these into yeah, a let, place where we can't make that mistake mm-hmm. again. I agree with you. We're going to put these in a dark place where no one will ever <laughs> see them, <laughs> where no one can accidentally come across them. It's like when you bury some evil stone that you found. That I just handed them to Zhang. I'm, I'm starting to think that. <laughs> At some point in time on a pumpkin beer, he may be getting us back for having him try that mama wanna. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh. Okay, so now I've gone back. I, I had a couple of Whoppers. Uh, and now I've gone back to the first one. And, okay, interesting. Now I'm going back to the second one. Mm. They are so different. When you look at them, yeah. you think they're both going to have a very similar. The first one's no coffee, and there's a weird, right. there's a weird funkiness to it that. It's definitely coffee it's like, in the second one. It's kind of dead. The second one finishes with coffee 100%. Mm-hmm. Do you like one of them better than the other? I think I like the second one better. The second one seems to have a little more complexity to it. I like the character it, of the second one much I, better uh, than the, the character of the first one. The first one's really good, though. The first one's a little sweeter. No, it's not. No, the second one's sweeter. The first one's got an almost saison like funk in the background. Yes, it does. Almost like a farmhouse, a farmhouse pumpkin kind of beer. Kind a farmhouse funk. All right, John, it's time to find out what was the first one of these beers. The first one oh, was the first the one pumpkinator. pumpkinator. Did I have it backwards? Fascinating. All right, there is the pumpkinator, and then I'll pass this on ha! to you. So uh, this is this is an imperial pumpkin stout, and I noticed that the bottle does have twenty twenty two on it. Even do you are you aware that they do anything different with pumpkinator uh, from one year to the next? I don't think they do. Uh, I don't, and they're like I said, St. Arnold's is usually so consistent, mm-hmm. but I think it's supposed to be the same thing every year. I know that a lot of times in the last while, the pumpkin ears we tasted have been aged. Right, right. And so this is the first fresh one I've had in, well, ages. Yeah. Um, and so interesting to taste it like that, especially after the other pumpkin beers. But yeah, there's kind of a saison, kind of a funk to that. And I thought that was going to be the dogfish head. I think anyone that likes. That kind of beer, like the Saison um, uh, style of beer or the farmhouse ale, table table uh, beer, this might be your favorite. But any Cause amount... Because it, it takes pumpkin beer into that arena. Any amount of that that it has, though, if you age this for just a little bit, it kind of starts going away pretty quick. I would guess. And yeah. leaves it with more of a robust kind of chocolate pumpkin-y thing going on. Now this, but there's never been a ton of coffee in this either. So what was the second one? I'm super curious now. Oh, oh artisan. So this is Prairie Artisan Ales, and it is their basic Becky. And I'll let you take a look. I'll show that to the camera. Uh, but I'll let you take a look and uh, read what so that I says. So I was just wrong and wrong. <laughs> well, you, you got one of them, right? You just you just didn't apply it to the right beer. Um, so Their basic artwork Becky. is so awesome. Imperial style with pumpkin, cinnamon, allspice, nutmeg, coriander. That's one of the weird things I was getting at. Yeah. Uh, clove, definitely got a little lead in there and mm-hmm. caraway. There's coffee, uh, like that imperial stock coffeeness is coming through like big time. It almost seems like Prairie Artisan Ales is trying to single-handedly make up for how boring Oklahoma 
is as a state <laughs> by being the most like the most know, outrageous. creatively outrageous beer they can come up with. There's apparently one area of Oklahoma where like all the creativity lives. Yeah. And it's like they make beers and whiskeys there or something. Is it in the shadow one... of the Oral Roberts statue? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked both of these beers. I'm going to lean a little bit towards the Prairie Artisan Ale, but I see every year I love Pumpkinator when it comes out. I like so. the Prairie more, but I will also tell you that I like Pumpkinator, especially when it's aged. Mm -hmm. So this this is a long game when I buy Pumpkinators. I'll generally leave it in my fridge for a couple of years. A couple of years, and then you go back yeah. to it. Be interesting to do a uh, a vertical on Pumpkinator. I gotta I, I gotta wonder too how much uh, that the the leftover. Like I know I tried to cleanse my palate as good as possible as well as yeah, possible. Yeah, that's that, true. That Mama Juana was like, ugh. well, and then I, of course, went back to it after I tried both of these. So, Ooh, but I like boy. the prairie. I think I like the prairie a little more. I love that coffee snap on the back end mm -hmm, of it. Mm -hmm. uh, both of these are just chewy beers. Like, you so almost, complex. Both you could almost like stick a fork in them. Both of them are so incredibly complex. Mm -hmm. Man, I dig that. I really do. All right, we're going to take a break. We have two, uh, actually, we have three more to try. In our final set. Oh, my goodness. Plus, uh, as if that weren't enough, it's just about time, my friends. But wait, for there's news. more. Yes, absolutely. We'll be right back at Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, oh, yeah. fine spirits, some not so fine spirits in the case of today, and hand rolled cigars. Can't and believe you went back for more. We are glad you're here. Oh, you think you can't believe it? Oh my God, that was that was like on the break. I mentioned I was like, you know, I saw you doing that, and I was going to say something to listen, stop you, but I was, I was, I was flabbergasted. I was like, oh, listen, he's going back. Uh, he's going listen, back in. I've made plenty of mistakes on this show. I've mispronounced guest names like for the whole show, and they were. I just not to correct I just me. assumed you were like, going in a danger zone and you knew what you were doing. Oh, no. <laughs> if I had known, I would never have. That's the worst mistake I've ever made on the show. Other than other than trusting you that second time you malorded me. That might have been the worst, oh, that was. I got Chris uh, that day, too. Yeah, that was that hilarious. Was pretty good. That was pretty good. Uh, well, regardless of how you feel about the rush to the holidays, uh, it probably never hurts to think ahead. So General Cigar Company is already uh, holiday-minded, and they've released the new CAO 12 Days box. It is an advent calendar filled with a dozen different CAO cigars to help you count down the 12 days before St. Nick makes his rounds. I, I think you and I should buy one of these for each other. That should be our Christmas presents to each other. Not a bad idea. You, you should buy me one. I'll buy one for you. There you go. I like it. Uh, advent calendars, of course, date back centuries. The Christmas, What's the price on it? Christmas countdown tradition. Uh, 12 CAOs? It's $108.08. Oh, even better than yep. I thought. And here's what it includes. 12 cigars in the calendar, an MX2 <clears throat> Toro. Nothing wrong with that. An Italia Gondola, mm -hmm. a Brasilia Samba, an American mm -hmm. Monument, a Steel Horse Bullneck. I haven't had that. A Flathead Camshaft. Oh, yeah. A, a Columbia Magdalena. Don't know what? A Pilon Toro. That's a good cigar. That's a good one. Pilons uh, are great. Session Garage, Bones Blind Huey. I have not had that one. The Bones are great. The yeah. Session, I'm not a big fan of, but keep going. Uh, Zocalo Toro and a BX3 Toro. Dude, that BX3 yeah. is unreal. It's yeah. so good. 
<laughs> they say in this article in Cigar Aficionado, the anticipated in-store date for this was October 17th, although there's a chance you might smoke through them all before Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so I love it, though. The whole 12 days of Christmas, uh, and you open a small door for each day, and inside the small door is your cigar. How cool. I, I love the idea. This is the cigar advent calendar. That's a great idea. And you know what? Next year, that's what I'm going to ask for for my birthday. Like, because people are always like, what should I, you know, shop for for you for your birthday? And I'm always like, cigars. Cigars. Uh, but but sometimes they don't know cigars. And so what they to get you, yeah. go in. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, get me the, if you're, if that's in your price range, get me the cigar advent calendar. <laughs> I uh, absolutely dig it. Well, you know, you know, mm. we talked uh, briefly about this last time was a, uh, the uh, was it Oliva put out an advent calendar yes. last year? Yes, Oliva did. But the problem is, is I think price point because, I mean that's a lot of cigars. Well, so especially if you do a full a, month advent calendar, right? right? Yeah. So making it a twelve day quote unquote advent calendar, I think, is financially a little more plausible. Yeah, uh, twelve days of Christmas. I mean, you know, I love the co full commitment of like let's do a full advent calendar. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I lo I love seeing people go all in. I want to thank you for something. What's that? For taking that uh, uh, Malorty stuff <laughs> getting and, and getting it out of here so I can't pick it up by accident. Uh, that was really it's awful. It's in Zhang's hands now, so if you yeah. get it again, mm -hmm. uh, he's uh, I'm just saying. I got, I got it. I understand. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, I will reward and uh, and uh, take care of uh, my buddy here, Ian, for taking care of getting that stuff out of my uh, uh, immediate uh, you know reach. Uh, I will reward him with another episode of Drinking News. Drinking News. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, all. Well, welcome to Drinking News once again. I, I played that a little bit slow because I, I thought you were, you I was, were scrambling I was, a little I bit. I was like, scrambling because oh, I, I didn't have that have the phone out here. Now, very soon, we've already gotten a couple of guests to do the uh, to do the video version of "Had to Take My Gator to the Vet." So once we get a couple more, we'll start using those as the uh, as the thing. Adam will have to you know. Those are a little more into. sophisticated, though. I'm gonna have to yeah. uh, I'm gonna have to jazz up the theme a little bit. Well, you, you do that. I I just like having I just like the idea of that someone will either take a puff on a cigar or take a drink. Like so, we had um, we had uh, Mark Burrell do mm -hmm. this last week. He after the show he recorded this for us. So he takes a nice big sip of his wine and very elegantly looks into the camera. And says, "I had to take my gator to the vet." Yes. It's a wonderful, you know, juxtaposition of. of and something. we had uh, Daryl from uh, Limavati. Uh, from Limavati, yeah, and his yeah, Irish accent yeah, is oh, awesome, it's beautiful. So yeah. yeah, he takes a sip of the whiskey and then, uh, and then says something I believe that sounded like I had to take my gator to the vet, <laughs> but it's not something you hear an Irish person say very often. No, no, so. no not so often. Not so well, often. welcome to Drinking News. It's our segment on the program where we bring you a story that we uh, picked up from somewhere in the news uh, world, not, not a site like The Onion. Uh, these are not made up. These are, well, they could be made up, but if they were, they were made up by mainstream media. Um, so these- uh, Mainstream media would never make oh, up of course, any- Of course they would. Of course they would. And why would they? Uh, so anyway, these are, these are not stories that we have- have crafted. These are stories that we have found, and they are sometimes but not always about drinking, but they're always best enjoyed when you've been drinking. And certainly we have, although 
I will say today, some of the things we've had to drink <laughs> are better than others. Look, we tried yeah. Mama Juana, so you don't have to. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably happened to everyone at one time or another. Oh, it, it did to me, but I, I got some cream and it cleared it right yeah, up. Okay, good. Oh, wait, what are we talking about? Uh, talking about when you think you've hit the jackpot. Oh, yeah, then that's exactly what I was talking about. Go ahead. Only to be ultimately disappointed. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah that's, okay. that's why I got the cream. Uh, I once had a scratch-off ticket. Then I I scratched. I was convinced I'd won ten thousand dollars. I was so excited. <laughs> Turns out I was looking at it wrong, and I'd only won ten dollars. No. Which sounds like it could be very cool until you realize that the ticket cost me ten dollars. So there you go. Uh, that's just this getting, is one of those getting your money back. I mean, it's great that you didn't lose the ten bucks, but it's not like this it's, is this is one of those nothing. when you win the five million from the lottery. Yeah. Like I'll take the cash option, yeah. and they're like, "Okay, well that's going to be like forty-seven dollars. That's going to be like two point three million. And the government takes out theirs, and everybody else takes out theirs, and mm -hmm. you just owe them like seventy-five dollars. Exactly. <laughs> or maybe you're one of these people who ordered like one of those dietary supplements that was hawked by that charlatan Doctor Oz, only to find out that they're worthless, and you actually gain a couple of pounds while you're taking them. <laughs> um, or you're throwing a party. And your buddy offers to chip in, says he'll buy all the beer. Oh, only to show I've up on fallen victim to that. Only to show up on party day with multiple twelve packs of Michelob Ultra and a couple of Montucky cold snacks. Oh, Chris, I see you coming. <laughs> uh, well, a trio of drug thieves had a similarly disappointing experience recently, and it is today's short story on drinking news. Uh, it all started when three Florida men. Broke into a home in Silver Springs, hoping to find pills or weed or other drugs inside. Once they got into the home, I mean, there's, there's something for 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 a, a drug head who just is indiscriminate. He's like, I don't yeah. care what it is. Yeah, I'll break into this house and see what we can give me, find. Give me anything. I'm yeah, just gonna do yeah. it. Yeah, maybe some lysinopril. <clears throat> uh, anyway, this uh, once the trio got into the home, they were thrilled to find out that they had indeed hit the jackpot. Uh, there, well, this sounds like a love story on the mantle. They discovered, lovingly placed, three jars of cocaine. If you do the math, that's one jar for each of the burglars. After ransacking the home, the three thieves took the jars to their home and began to have an epic party, snorting the contents and waiting for the coke oh, to have effect. Oh, my God. Don't tell me it was deceased people. But before it did, they were startled by a knock at the door and opened it to find officers from the Silver Springs Police. Thanks to video surveillance of the house they'd broken into, police were able to find them very quickly. The men were arrested, and once they were properly handcuffed and read their rights, the cops broke the disappointing news to them. The jars were, in fact, actually urns, and the three men had snorted the created, rema the cremated remains of the robbery victim's husband and two beloved dogs, Melly and Snooker. Oh, my God! The men were booked on burglary and breaking and entering charges and sent to jail. So let this be a cautionary tale oh, hold to on, those hold of on. you let's, let's out there, bro. who live in Florida. Uh, hold, on, hold on just a sec. Now, yeah. I, I'm not what you call a drug head. Mm -hmm. Okay? <laughs> Very far from it. Mm -hmm. um, but the cocaine is not the same color. As, as ashes. Ashes, right? Yeah, I get it. And there's also a little consistency thing. Like mm -hmm. again, I like I don't I don't know how to score a lid of cocaine, but 
It's you very know what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but right. I know what the stuff looks like. I've seen the movies. Right, right. Right? That doesn't look like gold medal flower. <laughs> <laughs> or sweet and low. Or sweet and low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I am like, how could you and it's sitting on the mantle, that's where everyone keeps their Well, this is drinking I can't news. Even not, finish this. this is drinking news, not crooks are smart. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's all that's all I'm trying to bring up. So let this be a cautionary tale to those of you who live in Florida. These three men will be out of jail eventually, but you should have a little time first to do what you need to do. If you have the ashes of loved ones in an urn on your mantle, take them out and scatter them in the ocean or a flower bed or a grassy field or whatever the deceased loved one's wishes were. Because I think I can confidently say that no one has ever asked for their last wishes to be cremated and have their ashes snorted Snorted. by a Florida man. By a Florida man. Reporting live from Silver Springs, where only a smudge in the bottom of an urn is all that remains of either Melly or Snooker. Snooker! My name is Cruz, and that is your... Drinking news, drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Uh, or snookums yeah yeah million <laughs> snooker uh that's what makes it good all right we like, have... I, I, for some reason i just knew when you said and yeah in yeah no you, you jars. saw it, you saw it coming right like yeah. that now like who... so who puts their first of all who puts their uh uh well they said it said they were urns in the story but apparently the guys thought they were jars. So apparently look, they weren't look, uh, it's they not weren't weird it's urns. not weird that that's sitting on the mantle it's weird that you would think but that's cocaine. Well, you know, crooks are not the brightest bulbs in the pack, you know? At least not. There are some smart criminals, I suppose. There's a lot of really, really dumb ones. And this is this is a story of that. I mean, we've told plenty of those stupid criminal stories here on Drinking Yeah, Wars, I mean, there's the, yeah, I suppose there's that whole. The guy that wears the F the police uh, shirt when he goes to jail, you know? <laughs> I mean, come you on. You know, I was driving to Louisiana one time, and I'm on that... Um... That uh, Atchafalaya. Mm-hmm. Uh, Talking one, about that long uh, causeway. Yeah, it's like a causeway. Uh, yeah. That's where yeah. I was looking for. It's like a twenty-mile long yeah, yeah. bridge. Yeah, right? it's a long bridge. And uh, and it's a little trafficy. And this car gets up behind me, and they're kind of swerving back and forth, trying to get around me. And they're honking mm-hmm. their horn and flashing their lights and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, "What the hell's going on here?" So I get over a little while later when I can. This car zooms past me, fing- middle fingers out the window, and there's yeah. a, there's a sticker on the back of the car that says. Bad cop, no donut. Oh yeah, see, that's always. And it's kind of like I've always felt like this way, and and it's less of a thing now because pot has been legalized in so many different states. But I've always felt like that over the last twenty years, before that all started to happen, the guy with the you know the big Volkswagen bus leaf. with the big pot leaf of uh, 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 bumper sticker. <laughs> no reason to pull that guy. Kind of, kind of asking for so, uh, um, a stopover, you know. So. Uh, so Jung has uh, poured just, for us another one that looks like an ale. Just to finish up my story, a couple mm-hmm. miles down the road, yeah, I'm smiling because guess what? Yeah. Oh, he's up against the back of his car in handcuffs. Oh, that's a beautiful story. That's a beautiful <laughs> Don't you just love it? Especially that he gave you the finger and then you got to see that revenge. I love it. Okay, digging, uh, digging this on the nose. Liking it already on the nose. Have spicy, not taken, baby. Have not taken a sip yet. But yes, very, very spicy, very pumpkin. At least on the nose, you've had a sip. What do you think? 
it's almost hot spicy. Like it's almost like a hot pepper kind oh, of I feel agree. in there. It's got a little pepperiness to that spice. Yes. Yeah, spicy, peppery. Hmm. <clears throat> Like now, I'm not sure. Pepper kind of thing. I'll be honest. I'm not completely sure how I like that because I'm not a huge fan of spicy beers. And when I say I'm very spicy, much I mean the same like way. So, hot spicy. So here's what I think. Like the initial on this. I um, didn't pick that up on the nose. Spicy. but I not. Actually, yeah, I get the spicy on the nose and I take a sip and it's really mm. nice. Mm. And that leaves me with a spicy burn in the back of my throat, which mm -hmm. I don't like. I don't mm -hmm. mind a whiskey hug kind of burn. Right. I'm going to boozy burn, but don't really like that kind of burn from a drink. From food, yes. Yeah. But from a drink, so uh, this is not my favorite. Yeah, I agree. It's probably my least favorite of all so far. It'll be interesting to see what it is. All right, beer number two. We're going to have three in this segment. So John has poured us two more. Uh, this one a little darker, but again, not like those two extremely dark ones that we got there in the last segment. This one has an unusual kind of earthiness to it smell earthiness is a good way to describe that yes mm. what am i smelling in there Let's see if i pick it up on earthy the kind of fascinating uh, yeah i don't know this is a i don't know what that smell is it's, it's like a loamy kind of earthy and maybe it's the heat from the one that we just had but i'm not picking up I'm not actually getting pumpkin here. Maybe I just need to drink more. <laughs> you want some uh, Mama Wana palate cleanser? <laughs> I'm sorry, palate eraser? <laughs> I mean, erasing and cleansing totally, are the same thing, right? That's totally what it is. It's a palate eraser. <laughs> it's a palate okay, eraser. Okay, on, on second sip, I am picking up a little on the finish, a little pumpkin on the finish. But this is less pumpkin-y to me than any of the ones we've tried, including the one with the heat. This is the most hoppy one, too. Right. I like the taste of um, the beer, but as a pumpkin ale, I'm less convinced. I'm wondering if I'm just palate wrecked from the from the one mm -hmm. right before it. Um, Could be. Because I still got that spice heat in the back of my throat going on. That was an amazing save, by the way. Thank you. Because I have not saved all of them today. <laughs> uh, so I've got my, my uh, little notepad here as well. Um, Mm. This one is a little nondescript, and I don't know if it's because nondescript's a good way to say I've, it. Yes. Um, because I've burnt my palate with that recent one. Let me see if I can clear it with some of this prairie that's, artisan. That's what I tried to do. I tried to clear it with a little pumpkinator. I don't know if that's the best idea. Yeah, maybe not. Seemed to help me a little bit, though. Actually, it brings out more pumpkin in here. Mm -hmm. This is probably the least pumpkin-y of anything we've tried, in my opinion. Yeah, but it's also, the beer's okay, but it's not, like, outstanding, I think. I don't know what we got going on here. I like it, but if we're evaluating these for being pumpkin ales, it's not my favorite. Or pumpkin beers. All right, we got one more, Chung. Oh, here comes a dark one, Ian. All right. So we had a couple of dark ones together in the last segment. Now we've had two lighter ones and a dark one. Excuse me. Mm. So on the nose, this just strikes me as like an imperial stout. Like I'm not necessarily picking up pumpkin. I'm getting coffee. Yeah, coffee. Coffee's got a little spice to it, though. Like, uh, like So maybe I'm picking up on that. Hmm. Hmm. Fascinating. This this is totally different than what I was expecting. I like this one. 
Whereas the first this one's two, real drinkable. The first two dark ones that we uh, tried in the last segment, uh, the pumpkinator and the uh, prairie artisanales, these were more pumpkiny to me than this is. Yeah. But this is a really delicious stout with mm. maybe a tiny hint of pumpkin. I think that's my favorite one of the day, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Is there like a little bit of cacao uh, chocolate in there's there? There's a yeah, there's a and it's a very uh, powdery chocolate mm -hmm. kind of malt chocolate kind of thing. There's a very uh, there's a coffee element to it. I like it. There's a little bit of a, a Christmas slash pumpkin spice to it. Mm -hmm. There's a slight stickiness to it that I really enjoy. I will mention this. <clears throat> you, you said the word Christmas, and we talked about holidays, all that stuff. I am in a more holiday mood since we have tried all of these pumpkin ales today. I am too. It has moved me in that direction. Yep. I am ready for the onslaught of Christmas special advertising. Are you going to go stand so, in line uh, on Black Friday or no, the night before no. and and wait to get your I stay in my TV home on, for I stay in my home on Black Friday and I'm afraid to go out. <laughs> That's how I feel about Black I'm Friday. I'm kind of the same way. And I I still have an issue with it being called Black Friday. I I was in the radio business for you know, 25 years before this show ever happened, right? And I used to do morning shows. And we used to refer to the day before uh, Thanksgiving as Black Friday in a derogatory way. Like, it was because it was Black Friday because you got to be out of your mind to go to the mall that day oh, yeah, and yeah. fight with people over the, the sales and what have you. Black Friday was not a positive term. And somehow... All these companies picked it up. On it. It's our Black Friday sale. Well, not only that, but Black Friday sale starts on like Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Wednesday of October. Or you uh, have to stay in line starting on Thursday. Yeah. So I'm, so, I'm not a fan so of the First whole... off, if you're one of those people that stands in line yeah. overnight for a Black Friday thing, I want mm -hmm. you to go ahead and just start. I don't know what you make it work, but I want you to start counting your hours from the minute you leave the house. <laughs> and I want you to count how many hours you just stood in line. And, and I want you to add worth. your yeah. daily hourly to that yep, yep. and see how much you actually saved. Because in my no. mind, in my mind, the single last day you would find me out at stores is Black Friday. Oh, yeah. That's the day I'm going to avoid most of all. Because oh, I yeah. really don't like crowds. Like for me, if I'm going to be in a crowd, and stand in a long line, there damn well better be a roller coaster at the end of it. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Fun. I love crowds yeah. when I'm on stage. Oh, that's fine when you're on stage. I used to love them when I was a club DJ. You know, you had the whole crowd jumping, uh -huh. the, but I was able to be separated from them. I didn't have <clears> them like all, you know, getting sweaty around <laughs> you know, and stuff. And <laughs> getting just, sweaty with it. I'm just saying. No, 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 uh, no, no, no. John, let's start uh, finding out what we had here. This was our first beer. Oh, it, very Atomic interesting. Atomic Pumpkin. I am. Voodoo I've Ranger seen this. Atomic Pumpkin. Okay, so this that was, was the, the first beer of this segment. Spicy, right? peppery one. And I said, I, I, wrote, oh. down, I wrote down in my notes, I wrote no. <laughs> I did not like this one. So it has the Voodoo Ranger uh, I like Voodoo pilot Ranger. guy on it. This I, is I love cool. their IPAs. It says Atomic Pumpkin, and it says uh, special release, but special has been X'd out, and it puts spicy in the place mm. of special. Mm. It's coming in at 6.4%. Uh, ale brewed with pumpkin, cinnamon, and um, chilies. So I will say this: New Belgium's a great brewery, but I do not want chili in my pumpkin. Remember, beer. I, I mentioned it smelled real hoppy too, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, um, yeah, so not a fan of that. Uh, and yeah. I love their, I love their. Um, oh, their their marketing, their artwork is terrific. Yeah, their artwork's fantastic. Their Voodoo Ranger line is generally their fantastic. Their Voodoo Ranger if, IPAs are fantastic. If you want a spicy pumpkin beer, this is this is I yeah. think right up your alley. But if I don't that like floats it. your boat, go for it. I, mean, right. I just don't like I don't like peppers in my drink. John, what was number two? Oh, uh, number two, there's your dogfish head. Uh, and it's way the different color than I was expecting. Yeah, you were expecting that to be darker. And that was That's not a lot of character pumpkin in that ale. one. No, it was very Brown ale brewed with pumpkin and spices. And uh, like I just put not very pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is probably okay on its own. Uh, this might be worth trying uh, before you have a bunch of other pumpkin stuff, but it's a lot less pumpkin-y than all the other ones. Which all might right. make it really good. I don't know. Not my favorite today, though. All right. Let's see what else we got. This is our final pumpkin beer. Ah, uh, yes. The Clown Shoes. Favorite pumpkin beer of the day. Pumpkin Sombrero, a Mexican-style chocolate shout, uh, stout with pumpkin puree. Sorry, if I'm mispronouncing my words, this, I'm completely blaming the mamawana. I mentioned Clown Shoes earlier even uh-huh. about how ridiculous some of their stuff is. Uh, this is my favorite one of the day. Mm. Uh, I love this uh, pumpkin sombrero, the Luchador series. I love their cartoon artwork. <laughs> so clown shoes scoring a big victory for you here. Yeah, this is this is one hundred percent my favorite of the day. Like I knew as soon as I tasted it, I was like, there it is. I even put five five dots for five stars and put <laughs> real good right next to it. All right. So I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show, and uh, let's have uh, both of us say what our three favorites of the day were. I mean, three out of seven, that you know, gives you some leeway there. I'm picking up yeah. what you're laying down. All right. Very good. We'll be back to do that next. It's Smoking and Toasting on whatever we're on. <laughs> on whatever you were listening to. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. This is our program about craft beer, fine spirits, other spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Other spirits. <laughs> some some can be described as fine, some not so much. I like to point out, by the way, that when you're allowed to bring the beers, we get all like thick and chewy beers, like super high ABV beers. And when you're allowed to get the spirits, I mean, once it was Malort and once it was this. No, sir. Twice it was Malort. Yeah, twice it was Malort. You're <laughs> correct. See, this is this is why it's called. I don't learn from my mistakes. Is what it's called. Uh, well, no, I, no, I, I do I, enjoy the beers. You, it puts you in a somewhat awkward position because yeah. you can either take a chance on what I'm going to bring, mm. or you can go spend your hard-earned in, money. Well, in fairness, you have brought some great stuff too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, you that's, brought some. I'm really consistently great inconsistent. Stuff. Yes, though. that's right. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So. We have tried pumpkin beers. We've tried seven different ones. Uh, Ian, I'm very interested to see what you would rate as your top three. Top three. Uh, of the seven that we had. Oh, I forgot to write down my second one, but mm-hmm. I know what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, top three, in order of how much I like them. Mm-hmm. Let's go with three first. Let's go with the Brooklyn Brooklyn uh, Post Road Pumpkin Ale. And that was number two of the first break. Is that right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. That was the second one in the uh, first segment that we did beer. Um, That I liked. It was a little more carbonated than I liked, but that can be fixed by simply letting it sit for a little bit in a glass. Mm Mm-hmm. Taking a little bit of carbonation out. um, 
but I like the malt. I like the uh, I like the um, hoppy nose on it. I like the hop finish on. It. I think they got a very balanced uh, beer. Um, the next uh, favorite one was Prairie. Um, mm-hmm. That was your number two. That Prairie. Uh, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Prairie Wanderlust. Uh, Be- basic Becky is what it's called. Yep. Uh, man. By Imperial's- the way, that's a really demented pumpkin on there. That's kind of <laughs> yes. scary almost how demented yes. that pumpkin is. Uh, but yes, Basic Becky. Uh, basic Becky, Imperial style with uh, pumpkin, cinnamon, allspice, nutmeg, coriander, clove, and caraway. And it is it is uh, as complex as it sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my absolute 100% like favorite, favorite of all today was the uh the last one we did the, the clown cheese. cheese really interesting clown cheese pumpkin sombrero buddy mexican style chocolate stout with pumpkin puree is hands down the best one today and your least favorite uh least favorite was probably the uh, dogfish head actually really you like that uh, less than the oh atomic you pumpkin? know what no no the atomic pumpkin i don't like the spice yeah because the atomic like pumpkin the was yeah. my least favorite so i put that i put that least favorite and then uh and then the dogfish head right after it I'm so glad, by the way, that I was able to buy a single of that atomic. Pumpkin. I will tell you this though: one thing about the uh, the dogfish head that, that kind of intrigues me. Like, I, there's mm-hmm. not a lot of situations where I think I'd really like the atomic pumpkin because I don't really like chili in my beer. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that intrigues me about the uh, dogfish head pumpkin ale, though, is if I try it without any other pumpkin beers around, is it going to be pumpkiny enough? And is right. it just enough to actually be really nice and refreshing? And that is a really good observation because I remember this from other times <sighs> we've done pumpkin beer stuff. It's like sometimes the ones that there'd be ones that I had been drinking and really enjoying all by themselves, but they don't get rated, and they don't. I don't rate them as high when I'm trying other things. So that that's a legitimate. Uh, that's a legitimate so thing. We've a, done that with other beers because I, I I almost suspect that if I tried this by itself, being less pumpkiny than all the other ones, I suspect that I might like this better outside of the we're drinking a bunch, I bunch of pumpkin beers right. situation. So as as right. my second uh, favorite, uh, least favorite. Uh, beer today. I want to give it that caveat because Dogfish Head makes great beers, but you know they really do. What did you come up with? Um, number three for me was the UFO, the the very first one. Yeah, that, we tried. that one that was very uh, yeah, very. It was, it was a little sweet. more sweet. It yeah. was kind of like a really sweet slice of pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. I I dug that. Show me that UFO can. Do you have it over there? Uh, I don't. I think it's I over here. Oh, there it is. Uh, so that's what that one looked like. I really journey to the planet pumpkin yes. was what that uh, beer was actually called. Uh, so that was my number three. My number two was uh, the clown juice. Clown your number shoes. one, uh, pumpkin sombrero, Mexican style chocolate sh- uh, stout with pumpkin puree, and I just love the comic book art on all of these clown shoes. There's a boom pow splat there. Yes, you got to love that. Uh, that was my number two. My number one, believe it or not, was the uh, uh, Prairie Artisan Ales. Prairie Artisan Ales, I, even I dug that one. I thought that was just that's absolutely, you know that's unusual because it I, was so complex and wonderful. But it's also so viscous with such a huge mouthfeel that I assumed yeah. that maybe that that would be one that you'd like a little bit less. It's an imperial stout with pumpkin, cinnamon, oh, allspice. I thought it said alpaca. Uh, I was alpaca. like, now, now we know why it was so different. <laughs> pumpkin, cinnamon, alpaca, nutmeg, uh, uh, and then coriander. clove and coriander yeah. and, uh, and caraway. You would think 
based on how I feel about clove oh. and even about some of those other spices, that this wouldn't be something that that one of those would put me off. But none of them did in this With beer. With their powers combined. I, I thought their powers combined. They were like Wonder Twin powers from the old Super Friends TV show, and they combined just perfectly to make a stronger and more exciting hero. Yeah, well, one of them a form of an iced mug, and one of them could yeah. be a form of that liquid. Uh, I so wanna, this is very interesting. I want to point out something that I just realized. Mm -hmm. You just read that off the bottle. Mm -hmm. Basic Becky. With no glasses. Yeah, so um, the interesting that you bring that up. I did have uh, cataract surgery and vision correction surgery at the same time where they did lens implants. And uh, my vision has gotten progressively better. It's been two months since I did the yeah. first eye and a month since I did the second one. And uh, yes, it was because of my vision not necessarily being like 100% that I saw allspice and thought it said alpaca. But I was able to figure it out. And, uh, <laughs> but, but seriously. But uh, you did actually read that. Yes. And my doctors. Without putting your glasses on. My That's doctors have been like almost like impressed with how well yeah. mine has gone. So it sure is nice to have something go the way it's supposed to and go right. That's pretty awesome. And yeah, so Congratulations, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate that. As someone who uh, had to wear thick glasses starting in second grade, oh, uh, like thick, like make you look like a complete nerd and nobody would want to go out with you when you get a little older. Uh, that those were the I kind told of you, man, I when, I, when I'm walking through, I, I teach at a K through eight school on some days. Mm -hmm. When I'm walking through the school, and I see a kid with glasses. I always say, hey, man, those are cool glasses. That's such a great thing. You to know, do. like just just. Yeah, just build them up a little bit. Something. I didn't have to wear glasses until <coughs> high school and a little bit after. But yeah. But yeah, I can imagine. But see, it's one thing if you can wear some reasonably fashionable glasses. When you got to have really super thick lenses, there's there's no fashionable glasses. Yeah, and then and then the other side that kids get too is you don't get fashionable glasses when you're a kid. You get the kind that get strapped to your head and are made for kids to try and right, destroy. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it reminds me of that. Uh, you remember the video for the song "No Rain" by Blind Melon with the yeah, girl in yeah. the bee costume and the big glasses. That's what it reminds me. Of. Or you end up with uh, what in the army they call BCGs. Yeah, the uh, the, the basic standard combat glasses, birth control goggles. But yeah, oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that makes even more sense. Well, uh, Ian, I enjoyed these pumpkin beers, some more than others, but uh, I enjoyed them very much. I will not say the same for the uh, spirit that we tried today, <laughs> so, but that's okay. Sometimes you wait. My do that. feelings are hurt. Yeah, well, perhaps they should be. Uh, next week, a couple of guests joining us from the uh, Houston uh, version of the Whiskey Social, and we're excited about uh, tasting some whiskeys with them and getting on with things. And then, of course, we're creeping closer and closer to the holiday season, so it won't be long before we're tasting uh, the Christmas ale, the twenty twenty two. Christmas ale oh. from uh, Anchor Steam. Yes. So very awesome. Yeah. So have a great week, everybody. Thanks for joining us for the Halloween show and uh, for our horrible tasting time with the uh, <laughs> the, uh, mama with the mama wanna. And uh, have a great week, my friends. And uh, mama no wanna. Cheers, y'all. Mama cheers, no wanna. Not at all. Sex is stuff. I wanna think I'm in love with.